What is good, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of Unguarded Conversations. My name is Nick DeMay. I'm an entrepreneur. And in this episode, Jared Zhang and I will discuss the brand guard, what the goal of this podcast, Unguarded Conversations, is, and his experiences with understanding his own mental health. So, Jared, you want to give a little intro on yourself? Yo, what's poppin'? Brand new whip, just copped it. My name is Jared (laughs) Zhang. I'm a creative director, artist, and entrepreneur. I'm known in my friend circle for making it happen, and I'm all about the laughs, bringing people together, and open dialogues. I'm often, I've often been down to talk about literally anything with absolutely no fear, but with this conversation, we're trying to we're switching it up to something that's like often neglected. Um, so yeah, yeah, dope, definitely. Um, so why don't you start it off with? just explaining what is guard well i guess the question should be what isn't guard um (laughs) guard has gone from essentially a meme t-shirt that i was selling out of my senior year house on rockford at san diego state to platform (laughs) to platform for ideas um in the topic of conversation and the idea that we're platforming at the very moment is mental wellness. I personally believe that a lot of the issues that are arising um, and that we're dealing with as a society, ergo systematic patriarchy, ergo the male ego, um, are directly correlated to the stagnant systems that are now more than ever proving to fail us and the people in it. Um, I completely agree with that. Like We're really taught to not um, question the system that we're raised in, but it's a really big problem in that we don't really talk about our mental health at all. Exactly. And and our mental health is just like one, it, it all goes hand in hand. A lot of the issues right now are just because we're not really aware and conscious of what is going on or like we don't really question the systems slash what we're told growing up. You know, we're told crying makes us a pussy growing up. Like we're told that it's yeah. not really cool to talk about how you're feeling and you should just kind of get over it you know what i mean so we're here to break that shit down um yeah for sure and then also do you want to explain what unguarded conversations kind of is like what the series goal is so we call it unguarded conversations because the goal is to make it a series of conversations aimed at destigmatizing mental health especially amongst young men Throughout my life, speaking about this stuff has often been viewed as soft or weak. But I want people to know that if you're willing to be seen as soft to talk about how you really feel, that's actually kind of hard. Get what I'm saying? Um, Our goal is to begin the conversation about anxiety, depression, generational trauma, and all the effects that these things have on our society. Um, and then following that, we'd like to provide the tools and resources for our listeners to heal on their own and as a community through guard whenever they're ready. Oh, Jared, thanks for telling us about what Unguarded Conversations is trying to accomplish. Um, we can start off with just talking about you because that's what this episode is all about. So what is me, mental me, me, health me, me. to you? <laughs> what is mental health to you? What is mental health to me? Bro, the best way I can describe mental health to me personally is i compare it to basketball um because like a lot of other sports or like a lot of other things in life it just comes from working at it and showing up and practicing 
it really like in order to succeed in your own mental wellness it's not really about beating anxiety or like getting rid of depression but it's kind of like changing your relationship with it and showing up to be willing to work on it not maybe not day in and day out but just the time you put in towards something is what you reap benefits towards and so I kind of mental health to me is basically playing one-on-one with yourself and kind of under like learning to understand yourself a little bit more each day or kind of like learning how you really feel you know what I mean I I think a huge part of all of this is people don't just not tell other people how they feel it's like we often suppress our own feelings of anxiety frustration or sadness you know what I mean definitely definitely um so lie to ourselves exactly so I think that if people are a little bit more truthful to themselves and kind of like practice this type of mental awareness with themselves a little bit more, then it'd be easier to be more mindful and to be a little bit to like create more happiness within yourself. You know, what is happiness? That's a, that's a story slash debate for another time. But yeah. Thanks for explaining what mental health is to you. Uh, what made you take it seriously and what do you struggle with in terms of mental health? Cause we definitely talked about how society has kind of told us that we shouldn't care about our mental health. So what made you start caring about it? I don't think that society tells us we shouldn't care about our mental health. I think society tries to tell us that you like, like you have to be mentally ill slash, need to like get better in order to care about your mental health but i'd like to Mm kind of um emphasize that i think that it should more be more about mental wellness than mental health like you go to the gym for to get bigger right and you yeah and you go on runs to get your heart rate better right so why don't people go kind of like nourish their soul and go to the gym for their mind you get me yeah um so but i agree what made me take this seriously was the original question, correct? Yes, yes, sir. Um, how much time do you have? A lot of time. Okay. Got all the time in the world. Fire. Um, so in the last couple of years, I've slowly come to the realization that um, some of my excitability and outgoing nature, which is what many people tell me they love, um, I also have shadow, tra- shadow traits that come with that. And a lot of that comes from the generational trauma I went through as a child. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I've learned in the past few years, my father, whom I never met my biological father, I learned that he was in the Chinese mafia. His family was the most powerful crime family and entity legal and not legal in all of Chindu, China. Chindu, China is like, the New Orleans of China, by the way, in case okay, anyone sure. ever wants to visit, it's pretty tight. Um, but when I was still in my mom's belly, like my mom told me this story last couple of years that she took my uncle, who's like 18 at the time, and her and my uncle broke my dad out of a Chinese jail in Shenzhen, China, a city that's near Hong Kong. It's like it's like the SF of China nowadays, but back then it was just the port is a port city. And yeah. um, so when I was born, my mom like went through a lot of trouble gaining custody from my dad's family, who is like extremely powerful, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy. 
And up until now, like my mom, like took me, took custody and just like went back to Chengdu and never really spoke to them again. And, um, my mom's like since then tried to like reconnect with him, but she was never able to find him. And even more recently in the last year, I've kind of realized that, um, the reason why we haven't been able to find him is because now she thinks there's a chance that he may not actually even be my dad. Um, so fuck, fuck. right? The whole time I thought yeah. that was a pretty cool backstory, but like it might be not even true. That's crazy, dude. Holy shit. Yeah. So to bring that, that's like the beginning of the whole story. Like I, I don't mm-hmm. know my dad and I'm guessing for sure there's some reasons that that ties back into the mental health or struggles I have with my own mental health. Um, but fast forward a few more, a few years, four or five years later, my mother, bless her soul, moved to America when I was a mm-hmm. toddler. And she brought me over soon after to um, Houston when I was four or five. Um, between sure. Houston, we moved from Houston to Tulsa to Dallas, Texas. And then we moved back to Chengdu, China. Then we moved back to Dallas, Texas. Um, then we moved to Shanghai, China when I was in middle school. And then we moved back to Dallas when I was in eighth grade. Then I finished high school in Fort Worth, Texas, which was actually the sweetest years that I remember of being at school. I went to Birdville mm-hmm. High School. Um, For sure. And when That's I was crazy, a, dude. You moved a lot. I moved a shitload, bro. I was like a Navy kid, except for instead of like super strict, my mom was kind of brazy. Um, mm-hmm. So throughout the years of moving and seeing her struggles with like alcoholism, anxiety, and depression, um, and she also went through like relationships where she was more so the emotionally abusive one and i mean it took me till the past year or so to kind of understand that that's what mm-hmm. my mom is you know what i mean like that doesn't define mm-hmm. her and she she's still great for so many reasons but like i recently realized like that there were these unhealthy um like tendencies or tendencies and patterns yeah. that i've seen that I'm even used to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think throughout all of that, I developed some really fucking thick skin. And like many of you guys probably know, I have absolutely no shame. Um, yeah. But that's kind of why, y'all. Um, so, here's an, I guess, like, to give you guys a more specific example. Um, I remember when I was in fifth grade, I was going to Brinker Elementary in Plano, Texas. Mm -hmm. My mom went out to dinner with a friend, um, which was pretty often, and she didn't come back or call till the next day. So, like, I was Mm -hmm. a fifth grader, literally at my home. Holy shit, dude, that's fucking crazy. My stepdad who later adopted me, Larry, he was out of town on a business trip um, Mm -hmm. because he did global logistics. So he was out of town a lot. And so for a whole night from like 6 p.m. up until 6 a.m. the next day, there was like nobody at my house except for me. I was like 11. So I was like freaking the fuck out. Yeah, I don't remember a lot from when I was a kid, but this one, like this one instance, I remember like very specifically. Um, I called all my family. I couldn't get a hold of Larry because it was, like, super fucking 
like I was calling him at like 11 a.m. So like he was asleep. I called like family friends. And finally, I got in touch with my friend Thomas Spottiswood's dad because I remember him being really nice. So he helped calm me down. Like he helped he helped me like kind of think more logically. He was like, do you want me to come pick you up? I was like, no, I'm good. But I just need to like talk to someone. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like he helped calm me down. Around 6 a.m. of the next day, uh, I got in touch with Larry and then Larry's best friend um, helped us figure out that basically my mom got too drunk and got in an altercation with a police officer because the police officer was trying to essentially be like, yo, we'll like escort you home because you're lost in the sauce right now. So and she and she just thought they were trying to like like she just thought they were trying to harass her. So she got taken away to jail for being drunk and disorderly and assaulting a police officer. Damn. The next day, I was even more ashamed at school because Thomas Spottiswood, I mean, I didn't, as a kid, I wasn't like, oh, Thomas is going to tell people his shit. But Thomas Spottiswood, in his big-ass mouth, pulled people at school. They're like, damn, Jared, your mom went to jail. I was like, yeah, my mom went to fucking jail, bro. So, like, thanks a lot, fuck. Thomas. Fuck you, yeah, bro. Yeah, fuck Thomas. I mean, that. I don't yeah. have like latin like later resentment but loki yeah, thomas as a fifth grader you were loki a bitch um <laughs> so anyways that was just one of the examples that i've had with shame my mother and her struggles with alcoholism um mm-hmm. and i've only told a few very very close friends this maybe like one or two yeah. um but i just want to let all of y'all know and like i'm like this has been kind of hard to speak out there you know it's like easier to write it down than to like speak it out and let people listen to it but no yeah. matter what i think that's why the what i am the way i am i have shadow traits as well but that's why i'm emotional i'm vocal i'm courageous and also insecure at the same time because like like a lot of other humans i'm fucked up and mm-hmm. my goal for talking about this and and putting this out there isn't to be like yo come feel bad for me y'all but it's really like like i want to inspire people to be able to talk about stuff that they're going through um by being vulnerable and kind of like making my own pain a platform you feel me yeah yeah i feel that for sure because once you explain your whole stuff it might inspire someone to actually explain it to other people or even just themselves and come to terms with some things exactly that they might be running away from a little bit exactly that's basically that's basically how that's basically my backstory with uh i think where my the stems of my mental health Mm -hmm. like my mental health problems slash mental wellness kind of teeter-totter sometimes yeah um for sure so yeah through a combination of cognitive behavioral therapy and exploring my own spiritual journey i've started i've like just started to understand my own struggles with anxiety um and i understand that it comes from my state unstable home life fear of abandonment and like moving to more than eight different childhood homes but yeah, i mean so many different homes bro damn yeah it's uh it's been tough but um you grow through what you go through right my friend trey told me that 
Shout out Trey. That's true. So hopefully I grow a lot more too. Yeah, I think we're all just in the never-ending process to progress a little bit forward and grow a little bit more Yeah, every one, single day. 100. But yeah, so you talked about anxiety, right? Like your struggles from uh, with anxiety. Yeah. Um, so for people who don't have that, like you want to just describe kind of what that feels like physically and mentally? Yeah, so I didn't know I had anxiety for up until I was like 22 years old, basically. Yeah, how'd you find out? Sorry. Um, I guess my senior year, like I started having way more anxiety, maybe even anxiety attacks my junior, senior year. And mm-hmm. I mean, my grandparents, my mom, like people would like help me through it. And they'd be like, you don't have anything to worry about. But I'm like, but like telling me that doesn't really do anything. You know what I mean? And yeah. it wasn't even like being in my family like, in a Chinese family, like, they weren't ever, like, oh, do you need to go to a therapist? They're, like, yo, do you need to go to a heart doctor or something like that? Yeah. And I couldn't really tell until, like, I didn't even know what anxiety was, really, until my senior year of college, and I was, like, definitely a lot more frustrated, and I was, like, stressed out a lot, couldn't sleep a lot, Mm -hmm. and I kind of, like, started talking to some of my friends about it, and, and it still wasn't, like, when I started talking about it, the conversation wasn't, pro like people weren't like down to talk about it more they're just like i was like yeah i've been kind of anxious lately i guess i i think that's what i'm feeling and then they'd be like yeah we can tell <laughs> but like there wasn't yeah, any more just, conversation like, it up to something else as opposed to actually wanting to talk about it yeah or people would be like uh you'll be all right you know they'll be like yeah, you're, no, you're, you're good just go through it like, exactly and i and i hate that that's like one thing that i would also like to voice and let people know that if someone is vulnerable and tells you like oh i'm feeling some type of way don't just tell them they're gonna be okay like what's the point in that you know what i mean yeah they will be okay but also hopefully they will be okay but also be like all right tell me a little bit more about that or how do you feel from that you know like yeah yeah don't say it condescendingly you know yeah say it as in from a from a place of wanting to help and like actually learning about it as opposed to just kind of shutting them out and doing, like, the bare minimum. Yeah, and, think, and it's right? not even condescending as much as, like, irresponsible. Like, if it's really your friend, your job isn't to be their therapist all the time, but I feel like good friends and friendships do involve therapy, you know what I mean? That's, like, what, what it is. Like, a therapist is just someone that gives you another perspective on how to deal with stuff that you have going yeah, on in sure. your head. You feel me? Um, Definitely. So, 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 yeah, what does it feel like physically and mentally? anxiety well bro physically like now i'm starting to finally figure it out but physically anxiety sucks bro like it feels like like you can feel for me i feel like i can feel my heart beating a little Mm -hmm. bit faster or i can physically like if i try to breathe i can feel my heartbeat um like i'm definitely a little bit like shakier or like i'm a little bit less um in control of my motor skills and yeah. I can, like, notice myself pacing a little bit more or, like, um, it's harder for me to settle down. So often I've, I've read that, like, ADHD is also linked to anxiety. And sometimes kids just have anxiety and they say that they have ADHD. Um, yeah. Men- that's true. That's real. Mentally, I just go through, it's like a spiraling thought, you know. Like, they say that mm-hmm. humans think in spiraling thoughts, you know, whether it's good ideas or, like, thinking about or worrying about bad stuff that may happen. So like an example of 
like an anxiety, an anxious thought, or just me understanding what anxiety is, is like, let's say before I got to California, I had to order a new license, right? So my license didn't come in for like two weeks. So I was like, damn, if I don't get my license, I can't get a car. If I can't get a car, I can't register the car and drive it to where I need to go. And then if I can't drive it to where I need to go, I can't finish this project that I've been planning. So it's just like spiraling into like thinking of more negative consequences than yeah you know it's like, like being illogical slope. exactly so it's, you a, it's definitely going into a slippery slope mental loop yeah. um where you're just constantly thinking about the worst possible insane. outcomes as opposed to the best exactly so that's kind of what my anxiety feels like for sure yeah that's crazy yeah because i've experienced some which we'll talk about in a later episode but it's good to hear your perspective on that too of course yes sir so i mean now that you've kind of talked about what it is and kind of a little bit of the roots of it how do you heal this like are there some specific strategies that people listening can use like are specific things that have helped you through it like why don't you just walk us through a little bit of that cool well so i'd also like the voice that i've understood throughout throughout kind of my own relationship with anxiety that you have to kind of see your mental wellness slash let's say be, people call it beating anxiety but you can never beat anxiety because it's always going to be there but you can yeah. kind of like understand it a little bit better like live with it a little bit better and even kind of use it to your advantage sometimes mm-hmm. um so for me i kind of definitely have had to reshape my relationship with anxiety and kind of understand it a little bit differently so a huge part of that is understanding that there's often times that I wake up in the morning a little bit anxious and then in the afternoon after I eat lunch I'm usually most calm and then at night if I let's say have a bunch of ideas then it's better to use my time to create or to work on something rather than sit there and watch tv while I have these ideas because like because for me it's like action dissipates fear which is like i think the thing for a lot of people so for me it's like if i'm doing something about what i could be anxious about or using these like using my anxiety to like fuel fuel like what i need to do for work or for my craft or even use that anxiety to like go to the gym or something like that i think on days like that where i tailor my schedule or routine to when I know I might be anxious, it's definitely a lot more helpful. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's that's dope. A routine is a know. huge thing for me. I have the same morning routine essentially every day. Sometimes mm-hmm. Saturdays, Sundays, I take a break. But usually I make my bed, I stretch, and I meditate every morning. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. I wash my face depending on the region I'm in. Um, for sure. Throughout reading. <laughs> <The region. laughs> yeah, I mean, it's more humid here, so I need to wash it more. But sometimes... It'd be kind of dry in New York, so I wash it after I eat breakfast. Um, one a huge resource that I that's been very helpful for kind of like understanding my schedule, who like what kind of person I am in terms of energetically, is this book um, by Daniel H. Pink. It's called "When the Science of Perfect Timing." It kind mm-hmm. of like has helped me understand how to be more aware of my body and work with my natural rhythm, which incorporates a lot of breaks, which also the book breaks down <laughs> yeah fires that's like almost like using the power of almost scheduling everything to be most productive in a sense 
Yeah, most productive. With your natural I, self as opposed to how people might tell you you need to be. Exactly. Most productive and, like, most aware to be. And productivity doesn't mean, like, oh, I got to be grinding all the time. But, like, as in I'm always doing something that's conducive to whether it's, like, my financial, my creative, my mental or physical health. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. Um, a second, another part of, like, what helps me work on my anxiousness as well as mental wellness is finding joy still like finding things that make me happy because the last couple years i've worked really fucking hard but it's also like taking a huge toll on me so i've tried to like start playing basketball again start painting again even doing like sudoku since covid started and i've started like playing with stuff that i did as a kid you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Um, just like little joy breaks Almost. Little joy breaks for no for no reason except for to make myself happier, you know? Like, I often, fire. Fire. I have a wallpaper that says, what can I give myself right now? Um, and sometimes it's, like, a cookie. Sometimes it's, like, a walk. Sometimes it's a call an old friend. Um, another part that helps me a lot is I talk about my mental health constantly with people. I often will be, like, how are you really today? Like, how do you feel in yeah. the moment, you know? And when you bring that up with people, there's very seldom times where people haven't been open to it like most time people be like yo like i appreciate you talking about this with me and this is how i actually feel because most time when someone asks you how are you you just like good how are you and the other person says good but what the fuck is the point of asking someone if you both just gonna lie not saying you can't be good but you know but yeah i mean almost opening up more into why you're feeling yeah specific way yeah, and we're and our goal here yeah. is to normalize talking about mental health and normalize talking about our feelings and destigmatize the like the shit boundaries we've created. The shit, yeah. like, because it's like it's it's good for that. It's good for people to actually like sincerely discuss it as opposed to just brushing it off. Like we're talking. yeah, and it doesn't have to be very deep. It could just be like, how are you feeling at the moment? And you could be like, ah, I'm kind of stressed from work today. You know helps yeah. to talk about it it's talking is a huge form of it's therapy, therapy. It's yeah phys- it's, it's verbal therapy for sure yeah that's what therapy is you just go talk to some dude they'll be like how you feel or talk to some lady they'll be like how do you feel about that and it's then just, why they, they why? just, they just why? help you and answer your own question exactly yeah um and that shows how much we need that in life and that we don't do that enough you know exactly um and then lastly um, I think a huge part of what has helped me heal from my own anxiousness is reflecting uh, on my past as well as like my actions each day and changing my relationship with anxiety through like developing self-compassion and kind of yeah. like letting go of resentment and understanding like there's only certain things that I can control. Um, and that's super helpful. Right. Like in the, in the last couple of months, I've like, damn, like, if you really take a third person perspective and like think about it, I'm like, bro, I already work really fucking hard. Like today I was at the park. I was like, I like I, I, I have so much self-doubt and I'm sure a lot of people out there do as well. Like I doubt the stuff that I say every day, every morning when I'm like, this is what I'm going to have. I will build a house with a basketball court and a koi pond around it with with a swimming pool that like is half indoors outdoors because mm-hmm. I value not just having these beautiful things, but I, I value having like 
like a big like family one things. day and a functional home one day where I can where I can just live out like my dream recreational life. You feel me? And yeah, I and, totally feel that. And while I'm saying that, I'm doubting myself, but like the, I feel like that's pretty normal. Like I feel like on average when I talk to other people, there's more self doubt than self confidence, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. And and we're not taught to be overly confident. We're taught to be overly doubtful, so we don't like step out of line, you know. Yeah, we're taught to obey, bro. You it's feel crazy. me? And and so every single day when I like say these things and and realize these things through my actions, that like now if I look at them from a third person perspective, I'm like, damn, I'm doing everything I possibly can, and and this is how I'm like materializing what I truly want, and also creating like the world I want for myself by like Mm -hmm. putting time into it and like a part of beating this anxiety or not even beating it but like re like reorganizing my relationship with anxiety is just kind of like understanding that I I will like I will never be there the grass was always going to be greener on the other side I just have to like be happier in what I have or in the moment that I have in the present moment and enjoy that. And like everything else will truly come from that. One of these things have that has really helped me a lot is kind of like understanding that thought loops are all in the same pattern, whether it's an anxious thought loop or a creative thought loop. So it comes mm-hmm. down to like recognizing whenever anxious thoughts rise or even if you want to be that mindful, you can like, you can be mindful of when any thought arises. And if you like take, if you take your perspective from like experiencing it and being in the driver's seat to like seeing it from like a bird's eye view, like, oh, like this thought is coming in right now. And you kind of like just let it come and go rather than engaging with it fully. That's when you start kind of like developing, oh, like, wow, like I can actually kind of control my own mind. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you can see things objectively as they truly are. To show. Which is what you need. New ways of saying, baby. Um, And that's what we're trying to develop here at at Unguarded Conversations and at Guard. It's like we just want to show people that there's new ways and other ways of seeing things. And that that our whole goal for this is to – to just get everyone to see mental health and mental wellness as something that's just like, like, this is chill, bro. Like, I want y'all to see mental wellness as hooping or as, like, as something, something that like, chilling you, at the you park. Know? You feel me? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, this should just be a part of your, part of your day or hopefully, or at least hopefully a part of your week where it's something, a way to just check in, exactly. you know? People go to church, people go to the gym, people go to, like, get Botox even and people get get sure. fucking facelifts, but they don't try to be like, yo, how can I facelift my soul? You get Damn, me. the soul lift. Yeah. <laughs> how can we soul lift? No, that's no that's true. And it's like there's a lot of crazy shit going on in life in general, especially right now. Yeah. So it's like it's more important than ever to try and improve your mental health while you can. Exactly. And kind of just work on it. Because then you realize once you start on that, like everything else improves. Oh, exactly. Like wealth is 
money is not real, bro. If you take care of your mental, physical relation, relational, and and kind of like what other what well, in spiritual wealth, like if you take care and make sure that you are healthy and full in other ways, like it's pretty yeah, fucking hard good. to be poor, you know. Yeah. But you can be rich as fuck. Like you can have all the material wealth in the world and still be poor on the inside. Yeah, it, you can hate it. Exactly. Because you don't focus on anything else. Why do you think so many rich people aren't happy just and want to get richer? Yeah, it's because they're stuck <laughs> in that type of thought loop. Because money can't buy you love. <laughs> but anyways. <coughs> um, oh, man. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Nicholas. I keep calling yeah, you Nicholas. For... Thank you, Nick DeMay, yeah, my co-host. Thank um, you for diving so deep into kind of what you do um, to heal from the anxiety and everything that you experience and giving some actual actionable strategies that people can use. That's, that's definitely going to be super useful. I appreciate it. 1,000. We'll link, we'll link some examples and basically like more like a realistic step-by-step guide into how to how I kind of do what I do that helps me everyone's gonna have different shit and like this is just like hooper right so you're gonna have to try different stuff to see what works for you but I'm I'm stoked I'm stoked to begin this series and to just open up the conversation and see where it leads us you know yeah me too it's just it's just gonna be an exciting ride and hopefully everyone can grow with us as we're kind of growing by uh fully explaining and diving into our own experiences you know one hundred thousand billion quadrillion <laughs> thank you everyone Any, anything else you want to say um i want to i want to say i hope that everyone here can maybe tell someone else how they feel today and see where it goes or even hit me, hit me or Nick DeMay on Instagram, yes, hit us at Hard to Guard, and tell us, like, start the conversation with us.